Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Fantasy Book fans? This is Steven, your host from Photology, with another episode. And uh, today I'm excited to welcome a special guest. We have an author. Uh, we don't do these author, author interviews too often, but they are always fun. Uh, so today we have Jonathan on with us. How is it going? Uh, it's going fantastically well. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm always excited to hear from authors, especially uh, newer authors like yourself, because... Uh, you know, that is maybe a dream of mine one day to, to finally get the motivation <laughs> up and, and go ahead and do it. So uh, talking to people who totally. have uh, who have been able to do it always kind of gives me some some hope. So I think that's going to be a little bit of framing of our conversation, because I think a lot of people are interested in, in writing and kind of knowing what it takes and what the landscape is like. For sure, for sure. So uh, the, the book that I read of yours is called Winterset Hollow. And uh, remind me when... When exactly did it uh, come out? Because I think it's fairly recent, and I read it just a couple months ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's still really new. Um, it came out uh, on September seventh uh, of last year, so uh, coming up on on four months now. So still still pretty new in the grand scheme of things. Okay, so give us like a uh, like a sales pitch or kind of like a high level, like what is Winterset Hollow and uh, why might people be interested in reading. So, uh, you know, it's it's a dark fantasy um, horror adjacent story uh, with a couple of really big twists. Um, So it's sort of a genre blender. So it's a little bit of that, a little bit of like action adventure. There's some interesting mysteries sort of woven throughout. Um, And it's, um, you know, it's a book that I I think pulls from a couple a couple different genres to, to really, really make an interesting story. It's sort of got a, a very classic feel to it uh, while still feeling, you know, new and fresh and different. And uh, it's something that I, I think fans of a lot of different genres um, will really be interested in. So, you know, I tried to do something sort of different and unique that still feels timeless. And, you know, hopefully that's uh, that's the reaction. Definitely a good story, something I'm, I'm totally proud of. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I got at first. It was kind of this uh, fairy tale-ish story kind of had this like zany vibe to it and then uh, i knew from reading the back and from reading uh the blurb that you sent over that it was gonna have some twists and be a little bit different and, and it certainly did that um but but i thought it was fun because it it did kind of seem like a bit of a throwback a little bit to some stories that i um, enjoyed in my childhood yeah well i mean it was sort of meant to evoke that uh, for me you know as well it's like i have really really super fond memories of a lot of uh, a lot of classic stories that I read when I was a kid, and I wanted, I wanted Winterset Hollow in, in parts to really, really feel like that. Um, and you know that, and the book within the book too. I wanted to really sort of echo, you know, those classic stories that I think like a lot of adults who read have connections to from when they were younger. Um, so that was really important. So, are there any specific stories that you pulled from any? Any favorites of yours um, as a kid that inspired this or maybe as an adult? 
Yeah, I mean, both, to be honest. Like, uh, I mean, when I was really young, uh, I really loved, like, Winnie the Pooh and, you know, certain Disney movies and that sort of thing, which, believe it or not, like, had something to do with the framing of the story, but also, uh, like, Watership Down, um, you know, and, like, Animal Farm and um, stories like that. You know, there's there's some of that vibe throughout. So, you know, a lot of those things definitely had uh, something to do. Some of the characters are, like, vaguely reminiscent of characters in those uh, and those stories with with a darker twist, you know, of course. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's definitely bits and pieces of a lot of that thrown. Yeah, I got the I for sure got the animal five animal farm vibe. I actually never, never read or seen uh, Watership Down, which is a, probably a bit of a gap in my uh, <laughs> my knowledge because it's a classic. I mean, everybody can't read everything, but like, you know, that that book in particular, I think, is impactful for a lot of people because for a lot of people, I think it's that first book that like turns really dark and you sort of don't expect it because ostensibly it's sort of a book about a bunch of animals and like you sort of go into it with that expectation and you're probably like 10 to 13 when you read it. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of this like super dark story and characters are dying and you're like, what is happening? And it's, it's so for a lot of people, I think that's like a really flagship book because of that, you know? Yeah, if you get uh, animals involved in a story, nothing can go wrong, right? That's 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 what you should that's what you should take away from yeah, yeah, this interview, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay, so tell us about your uh, start as an author, your uh, your personal journey, if you will, and uh, how this book came to be. I mean, you know, I really only seriously started writing novels. I mean, this is my first, you know, one that's been published. So it honestly hasn't been that long. Um, I was a screenwriter for a number of years before this, not a particularly successful one. Um, but, uh, you know, novel writing came about sort of during the start of the, the pandemic, believe it or not. And I was just in this weird funk where I was, I was sitting around and the entertainment industry was closed, you know, for a year. And mm. I, I just, didn't have any outlet. And, you know, I, I had a lot of stories sort of on my shelf, uh, so to speak, that were just sitting there and that I, I was I was bummed because I was like, man, nobody's going to get to enjoy these, you know, apart from, you know, my manager and my agent and a couple, you know, producers and executives and that sort of thing. And I was like, I was, I was just down and out about that. And I decided to try a different outlet um, that maybe had a little less red tape, you know, involved. And so I had this this story that I hadn't done anything with that was sort of rattling around in my head for a month or two. And uh, that was the genesis of Winterside Hollow. And I just decided I'm just going to write. I think this would make a good book, you know, so I just kind of rolled my sleeves up and like, like, let's just do this. I got nothing to lose, nothing else going on right now. So let's (laughs) just get dirty and like see what happens, you know, and maybe this will turn out great and maybe it'll be a huge disaster. But um you know, it's worth a shot. So that, believe it or not, that was sort of how this book started. And so then what was the journey, uh, like the, the publishing? Uh, how, how did you navigate all that? Because I know there's a lot of roots uh, nowadays. Yeah, it's, it's it was tough, man. Um, you know, I, of course, sent out queries to, you know, hundreds of um, you know, literary agents, publishing houses and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. pretty much all of them were really, really hesitant to take a swing at this. A lot of them liked the manuscript and liked the writing. But I mean, you read the book. It's a weird book and it's different. <laughs> yep. And it's hard to pitch, 
You know what I mean? Because what, what people are looking for, especially from a first author, is like, all right, we need to identify the audience. You know, who's this book for and what else have they read and what are the similar comps? And like, can you explain it to me in a sentence? And if you can't, then you probably haven't defined your story enough. And like, it's a weird genre blending story that's hard to pitch. Uh-huh. So it's hard to get people to take a chance on it. Um, but finally, I, I found a publisher that wanted to do it. And, you know, all the elation that like comes with that and, oh, you're finally going to be a published author and blah, 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 blah. And six months into the editing process, I was like, this doesn't feel right. And they wanted to take it sort of in a direction that I wasn't comfortable with, but I had spent a couple months convincing myself that it's worth it. You know what I mean? Just to be published. And Uh I just sort of got to this point where I was like, this isn't this isn't the right thing. And I I pulled the book um, from them. Hmm. And uh, took me another couple months to find a different route and a different publisher that was more in line with like my vision of what I wanted. And um, so the the first swing was a was a strike uh, for sure, but uh, but the second one turned out great. And the book that's out now is really really what I wanted. And um, so it was sort of a rocky road to get it out there, you know. But I'm happy it turned out the way for sure. Yeah, props to you for sticking to your guns and uh, not letting it go in a direction you didn't want to. That, that's impressive. Yeah, that that must have took some guts. I almost, I almost didn't do it. Like, I mean, that was the hardest decision I made. And I don't know how long because, like, with that comes swallowing all that pride of like maybe you're not a published author now. You know what I mean? And like you told all these people, and the, you know, you went out and celebrated, and like now, what if that's not going to be a thing? And like, I was real, real close to letting my pride get in the way of that mm. um but but i'm glad i didn't yeah i think one of the uh the big selling points for me because i we, we do get a few of uh requests to to read uh various books and um when, when i saw the quote from uh diana gavaldon on the uh yeah on the yeah that was i was like oh you know this looks fairly legit because we, we get a lot that are kind of like this is not a real thing uh but yeah that, that was a for convincing sure. point for me um yeah, that was, uh, I was shocked when, so she's like, I don't know her on a personal level and she is like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Uh-huh. And so I just sort of took a chance of like, Hey, could you send this manuscript to okay. her? And you know, like, I'm like, she doesn't have time to read this. Like, are you kidding me? She's like literally the, the best selling author on the planet. <laughs> and, and like three weeks later, I got an email from her and she's read it and really, really liked it. And and I was like, can I use this in a, like, can you write me a blurb? And she was like, uh-huh. of course I can. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, so I I never, ever expected to hear back from her. And she was so nice and so kind to do that. And like, I'm sure she knows exactly how much that's helped me. Because just like you said, for first time author, like nobody knows who you are. So, you know, to have her endorsement on the cover is like, just such a such a gift and uh i owe a lot of the success of this book to to that um so i can't i can't thank her enough dude that's awesome that, that's so cool to hear uh of people just paying it forward like that it, it's amazing man and like she she didn't have to do that you know like i mean her time is valuable like she did not have to give that to me and uh but it just goes to show you that like and I'm still very much learning this as like a newer member of sort of this larger community is like the bookish community is, is amazing. Um, yeah. and people are, you know, more often than not very generous and very willing to help others. And like you said, willing to pay it forward. 
Um, and so it's been like a really eye-opening experience for me coming out of the film entertainment industry where it is the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. That I was like, wow, this is actually like, <laughs> this is a pretty great place to be, you know? So Yeah, that's what uh, I've seen as well from the, you know, social media, like podcasting YouTube side of things, uh, which is, you know, we're very much on the side, so we're not like super involved in anything. But uh, the people that we've come across, yeah. they're, they're all really solid, awesome people. Uh, once you get past like the Reddit type of fans that just want to destroy everything, uh, that's a whole different thing, man. Yeah, yeah, but once you get to like people who are actually yeah. in the in the community and want to be creating stuff, like yeah, these people are all awesome. What we've seen, they are. They're fantastic, and like I've been like that's one of the 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 biggest factors in like the early sort of success of this book has been that it sort of got gobbled up by the by the horror genre community which like i didn't expect at all by Mm. the way um and they like really latched onto it and you know there's been one or two like facebook groups that have sort of um made it like internally viral within their own groups which has like been huge that's for like the exposure (laughs) and just having people read it and they've been amazing about it and like so supportive and um so it's yeah it's it's like really really shown me the power of like these these communities you know that are out there mm. it's been it's been awesome so that kind of leads me to my next question which is like what has worked well um for you in trying to get Winterset hollow out there and uh what what has been not as good like what have you felt like you've kind of wasted your time with because it's it sounds like the yeah. grassroots social media thing has, has taken off to some extent that's the the thing absolutely that's worked i mean the best advice i can give to like first-time authors um who may not have the power of like a traditional publisher to back them which Mm. most first-time authors don't like most of the time even you know even if it is a smaller publisher a lot of the publicity and marketing is sort of like left up to you um give your book away to as many people like don't be precious about you know, the sales figures in the first couple months or whatever, mm-hmm. give your book away. Like, give it to as many bloggers, as many reviewers, as many, you know, bookstagrammers and podcasters and YouTubers as you can. Um, it is worth every second of your time reaching out to folk. Um, like, I literally have a spreadsheet on my computer of everybody I reached out to about the book, and I think the number of people <laughs> is like 1,300 and, and change. Holy cow. Like, so I literally spent two months doing nothing but that um, and just giving my book away to anybody that wanted it, you know, in the hopes that like they would like it and they would recommend it to their audience and not only their audience, but like their friends as well. I mean, like, think about it. Readers, like when they read something they really like, what is the first thing they do when they're done? It's like they tell people. Yeah, about you want to talk about it. Um, yeah. You, you, and especially like something that's new and potentially different, like you, you, you know, that's a good feeling being like, yo, I discovered this thing, you know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. is thing nobody knows about and it's amazing. And like, it feels good to be the one to sort of like, you know, pass that around uh, as it were, this little secret. Um, right. Yeah. So I, the grassroots thing. You, you want to be, it's like natural to be the first one to discover yeah, something like, you know, Hey, before wanna, that was big, like, I was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so the grassroots thing has been by far the most successful um, thing to do. Just reaching out to anybody and everybody, you know, that would take. Um, and so, you know, that's that's definitely the thing to do. Um, other than that, um, you know, as far as like on the advertising side of things, there's stuff I've tried that's worked pretty well and stuff that I tried that didn't work well at all. Like uh, advertising on Facebook, 
actually worked pretty well. Hmm. Like if you can develop like an eye-catching ad and if you have a good blurb like I had from Diana's, you know, from Diana uh, to attach to it, like um, their advertising is actually pretty affordable uh, hmm. if you're funding it yourself and you get you reach a lot of people that way. And you have a link right to your, you know, Amazon page or whatever right in there. So that it works pretty well. I tried something similar like on Twitter that sort of didn't work that well. Um, you know, I uh, I got a, a bunch of positive reviews from pretty big reviewers uh, like Blue Ink and Kirkus and uh, a bunch of others that me right now. And so every time you do that, they also offer placement like in their magazines and that sort of thing for X amount of dollars and uh, that didn't necessarily work crazy well, um, because I, you know, I don't think a lot of readers actually read those magazines. I think it's mostly for like industry folks and that sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if that really gives you the reach that like initially you might think it would. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's just, you know, all about grassroots and reaching out to people and like, that's a lot of work, but it's worth it. You know, it really is. So that my advice to like to newer authors is just do that. It's worth just two months of of reaching out and give your stuff away. Yeah, it pays off. <laughs> that that's uh, awesome. You've had so much success with grassroots stuff because I know, and just like trying to do stuff for our channel, uh, social media can sometimes just feel like a black hole that you're just like shoveling yeah. your stuff out there. Like, hey, maybe someone will see this and be interested and. Uh, and I have no idea if it will be successful or not. I mean, you sort of never do. Um, you know, you, you hope it will. Like, and you have confidence in the stuff that you, you produce, but like mm -hmm. you just, and, but after, you know, the initial round of like hearing back from people and seeing the response and that sort of thing, I was like, okay, th like this is the thing to do. And so I just literally for two put my head down and bulldog my way through every single outlet. And I think they're, I think they're really big. So uh, after all of this, is there, uh, I'm guessing there's a next project to your working on and uh, hopefully like yep. you're able to take some lessons from your, your first book into the next book and, um, and continue to like grow. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you always hope you're doing that, you know, and um, you learn, you certainly, I, well, I would hope that, you know, you learn a lot from everything you do, uh, every book you write and particularly the first one. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't even, I mean, I learned so, so much, not just, you know, from, writing but from everything that comes after that too so yeah uh definitely working on the next project uh it, it's going to be a standalone book um a little different than Winterset hollow but same sort of dark fantasy vibe and then uh after that i think i'm going to do a prequel uh to Winterset hollow okay um okay. you know i mean you've read the book a sequel is not exactly in the cards uh yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i think it's worth yeah yeah but i think it's worth exploring you know some of the events that happened uh, before mm. that book, uh, I think there's really interesting stories there, yeah. and it, it would be neat to go back and see the development of sort of some of these characters and how they ended up the way they are, you know, in Winterset Hollow. So I think uh, after this next book, I think I'll probably go back and revisit that. So you mentioned uh, it seems like obviously dark fantasy is a is a passion of yours, and uh, you mentioned some more classical works and authors. Are there any uh, contemporary authors that you like to read or have inspired? Um, your writing on our channel, we cover a lot of, you know, like your Brandon Sanderson, uh, uh, Robert Jordan, Patrick Rothfuss type of guys. Oh, um, is that yeah, a, yeah, yeah. are you into those as well? Yeah, I am. Uh, you know, dark fantasy is just sort of like, it's just sort of what comes out of my head. Like it just always seems to, to like uh -huh. st steer in that direction for whatever reason. But I do actually like those type of books as well. Um, like I, I, I love Stephen King. Um, I'm still working my way nice. through his catalog because 
God knows it's big enough. Yeah, and it, uh, it you know just I mean? gets bigger, faster and faster. It, I, I don't know how he does it, man. And like, I don't love every one of his books because how, you know, he writes so much. It's like, not everything's going to be a hit for every reader. But, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff of his that I that I love, I really love. Like, it is still one of my all-time favorite books. Um, like, the world building he does in, in a setting that small to me is, mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, and I, I, I took a lot from that because I like the scope of my stories is similar to that. They're not huge. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't necessarily span, you know, lifetimes and that sort of thing. So like I have to try to find a way to make my smaller stories feel big. And I think like in that book in particular, he does a really, um, you know, I also like Stephen Graham Jones a lot. Um, and I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan or really like Neil Gaiman. Um, I think like his, the mythology he creates in his stories is just, is just awesome. I really like, stories with a sense of history and that that's something i think i've taken into my own writing too is like i always uh i i always love the pasts of characters and like scars and history and like yeah. what's happened yeah. to them and and you know there always seems to be a character in everything i write that is dead but it like features prominently you know for some reason like mm-hmm. i always i always have weird stuff like that and so i think i get a lot from him so i i do like those kind of stories sure i have trouble with everyday stories I don't always love. There's beautiful stories out there that are are just based in everyday life, but like for mm-hmm. some reason, you know, if I'm going to take time out of my day to read, I just don't gravitate um, reading or writing wise. So. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I prefer some like fantastical element to make it to make it worth my time. I guess. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For whatever reason, yeah. you know. So, uh, so what are some of the themes from uh, Winter Said Hollow that you uh, have have? packed in here or you would like readers to connect with i mean obviously the some things you've mentioned but uh is there anything else that uh you'd really like be excited if someone said hey i I love this um aspect of the yeah there's a couple um you know i mean i already mentioned that you know i wanted this to be sort of a book about a book and a book about books in general and i think um you know a lot of people who have who have cherished childhood reads will very very much connect with you know the main character uh and his you know uh, love of the book within the book but i mean apart from that um you know i've had a couple people mention that they really like the the cooking scenes so there's a couple scenes uh-huh. that sort of go into like food that's being served and food that's being prepared and i've had a couple people say they really really love that and like that geeked me out a little bit because like <laughs> i like to cook <laughs> myself so i was like oh that's awesome that you love that you know i really actually really enjoyed writing those um and have some you, of the uh, other comments that have you read any george r, r. martin and it's song of ice and fire oh yeah i've read literally the entire series okay, yeah. and i've been waiting for the next book for yeah. however many years yeah, yeah. so yeah. i'm excited for that one to come out and uh but i just say that because it, he's always talking about all the food right i mean it's it's like yeah. a fairly common thing in fantasy but i feel like he especially like really gets into like here's all of the food that they ate during the feast <laughs> yeah 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 no, it's almost a, tr- a trope, but like, there's a reason tropes are tropes, and it's because we love them. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I think actually that goes back to C.S. Lewis. Like, I remember reading those books when I was, you know, nine or ten or whatever, and mm-hmm. actually those scenes like still stick with me. Um, I, that was the first time I ever heard Turkish Delight mentioned in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And still to this day, I've never tried it, and I'm always like, man, one day, one day I'm gonna try that, like to see if it's as good as they say it uh-huh. is. And you know, no, but, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I had no idea what as a kid I was like, what is this Turkish Delight thing? It sounds interesting. Oh, yeah, what it's, is this magical food uh-huh. like? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was always cool. And then you know the. 
people always um, comment that they really like the the poetry that's you know within the book. Um, yeah. Which also geeks me out because I I like to my own surprise that was probably the most fun I had throughout the whole thing was actually writing those like those uh, you know I really like when people latch on to that uh, thematically um, you know one of the 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 common seeds in the the main characters of the book was that they they initially all started as um, uh, aspects of like mental health that I've struggled with in the past so like mm. each of the four characters was supposed to represent sort of a different like area of that like uh, you know, depression or anxiety uh. or imposter syndrome or that sort of thing. Um, and as I sort of got on in the development, I was like, okay, I can't make this allegory like that one-to-one. This isn't going to work. So um, I sort of just moved on from that. But like looking back, you can sort of still see that, I think, in their characterizations a little. Um, so that's a thing that a couple people have picked up on, but I'm not sure if it's like obvious enough that everybody did. But I've heard that from one or two people and I was like, oh, it's amazing that you like actually saw that you know what i mean like yeah so that that's been pretty yeah one thing i think about like one one uh driving force for me is i, th- I think about it like a desire to be writing stuff is like you know putting myself into a book and getting people to read it and just kind of like giving myself validation for uh, i guess like who i am and and different uh struggles that i have so that that's really cool that it sounds like you were maybe thinking along the same lines a little bit and in, in putting some of yourself into yeah that. Yeah, I think you are. I mean, that's a it's like that's a double-edged sword though sometimes. And like I'm sure you've been there where it's like you know, it's it's like every book you write is a mirror in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us have writers as writers have trouble like with that. Um because it's like, well, how it's hard, man. It's hard like opening up to yourself to that degree where yeah. you're like this, this mirror is going to be out there forever for anybody who wants to read it right so right. like there's almost parts of you that are like how like man how transparent like do i want this thing to be you know like it's mm-hmm. it's a tough like it's a tough tightrope to walk sometimes but i think in the end like if you want it if you want it to feel true to other people like if you want it to feel real and honest like you just go for it man you yeah. can't put you can't put those <laughs> filters up like or it's just not going to feel genuine yeah, and then obviously the, the terror is like uh, I put myself in there, and then people hate it, and uh, and I'm a ridiculous yeah, which, person. Which will happen. I mean, that will happen in yeah. everything you write. Like, it, you know, it, it's just it is what it is. Like, and you know, fiction, fiction can still feel false. Like, even though it's completely made up, you know, it mm. can still feel true. It can still feel false. And like, I think if you're not honest, you know, sort of with yourself during that writing process, it's still going to feel. But you know. Nobody likes everything. People are going to hate it and people are going to think you're a shitty writer, yeah. even if you're not. And people aren't going to make it all the way through your book. Like, I remember the first review I read of mine that was like, I just couldn't finish this. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I will never recover from this. Like, mm-hmm. my heart is broken. But, you know, like, it's just going to happen, man. Not everybody's going to connect with it. And you just got to you just got to swallow that. Yeah. So so was developing a thicker skin. Uh, I guess, part of the process for you in, in publishing? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this was my my first, like, foray and in, really into the the public, the public, like, public. Like, mm-hmm. I've never had mm-hmm. this many people read anything I've written. So, yeah, it was my first, you know, for good and bad, like, first trip into that, into that, uh, into that mm-hmm. arena, you know, and I've gotten some amazing feedback, oh, far more than I thought I was going to get, to be fair. But like you also get some sort of not amazing feedback and like 
So the first the first couple of those I got was rough. Like I got a I got a DNF. I got a did not finish from like one of the top fifty uh, Goodreads reviewers. Mm. Like like a month and a half into this, and I was like, oh no, like I will never recover from this. <laughs> like, yeah. but I did. Like after a couple of days, you know, it's whatever. It's really not that big of a deal. Like, not every story is for everybody, man. And especially when you write weird stuff and like your style is maybe a little <laughs> out of the norm. Like, there's sure. just some people who aren't going to be into it. I think it's interesting thinking about authors or, you know, other content creators, like you, you put yourself out there and you become, like you say, somewhat of a public figure. Like people know your name, they see your picture, they've read your book that has, you know, part of your soul in it. Um, But I guess I personally associate most like public figures, famous people. It's like, oh, these people are, you know, very wealthy. These people have, have made it super big. (laughs) But, But most authors, like aside from the ones that have really made it big and are bestsellers, like this is like a side thing for them or, you know, a career that's like middling salary. I think that's one just interesting aspect of being an author. It's so true. And I didn't really realize that either, but you know, there's like maybe 50 authors who are, you know, super successful and like the rest of us, you know, hope to be there one day, but like Mm -hmm. probably aren't (laughs) like probably won't be, you know, um, like it's a long road to get to that point. I mean, it's, it's five to 10 books. You know what I mean? It's 15 to 20 years. Yeah. Like it's a lot of grinding for sure. Um, but you know, those people who are there deserve it because they put that work in, you know? Um, but yeah, most authors, I mean, you know, m- uh, most of them have jobs apart from this, like, mm-hmm. um, to support themselves and just do this because they love it. And like, even like fairly like best, even like best selling yeah. authors in certain genres, yeah. You know, um, I was really surprised yeah, to learn that. That's wild. that's something that I've learned in reviewing books and, and talking to different authors. It's like, yeah, fairly well-known names that have produced like really good yep. books. Like this is still a side thing for them. That that just blew my mind. Yeah, man, it's true. It's like a very, very small percentage at the top who, you know, who could never work another day in their life if they didn't want to, you know, but like apart from that, it's just it's a passion and that's all it is. Okay, so tell us about uh, your writing process a little bit. Like, uh, it sounds like you went through, you know, a few drafts. Some authors go through a lot of drafts. Uh, some are like real strict outline, and then they produce it. Some are more um, like gardener type, like exploratory authors with just set up characters and go yeah. for it. So, what was it like for you? I'm an outliner, uh, big time, and always have been, and that's the only way I can do it. Like, you know, those people who just sit down and, like, write off the cuff, and it turns out how it turns out, like, God bless them, man. I don't know how they do it. Like, I really don't. I So, you know, I when I land on an idea that I'm like, I think this is interesting enough to develop, it's like two months of solid outlining um, and Mm. storyboarding. Nice. And... All that stuff. Um, so I, I try to have as much in place as I possibly can before I even sit hype. So characters outlined, you know, character sketches, uh, b- big arcs, uh, subplots, settings, um, timelines, uh, b- bits of dialogue, like anything that pops into my head that I think will go in the book goes on a note card and goes on my wall. Mm. Um, and it all stays there throughout those. So like, I can always glance right up at it and like re-anchor myself if I feel like I'm getting too far off the story or whatever. Um, it's always within, you know, eye shot. And so once I feel like I have enough and there's like nothing else I can really add, um, then I sit down and I start typing. And 
stuff always pops up organically, no matter how well prepared you are, you know, like there's always stuff that changes and always stuff that, you know, just doesn't feel right when you actually sit down to write it. Um, but for me, like I try to have all the big rocks in place before I start. Um, so I just always know where I'm going. And that's the only way I, I know. So if we zoomed in behind you on those note cards, we'd get uh, the secrets for your next book. Don't, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the next one I'm working on. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, you know, probably another month or so before I actually start to write it. And the good news about like doing that, doing it that way for me is that it doesn't take quite as long to actually physically write the thing um because there's not a lot of questions left for me to answer mm. you know so it's just sort of like filling in the blanks with pretty words sometimes you know yeah, um, yeah. so like i think winter said hollow took me like four to five months for the first and then of course you know the downside to maybe doing it that quickly is that there's also a lot of editing but it is what it is were there any like big scenes or anything that was like real beloved to you that you had to cut um eventually in order to make it work <sighs> um no, there really wasn't. There was nothing that, that I really remember that I was like, I really want to keep this in. But like, no, there's nothing I had to cut. There was some stuff that I felt was missing for sure after the first draft. Um, like uh, the resolutions of one of the four main characters in particular um, wasn't in the first draft. And I just read it and I was like, this feels like flat. And like, I don't feel like this character got his due. And like, there needs to be something else here. And it, th that took me a couple of weeks of just like stalking that mm -hmm. answer, you know, before I figured it out. And, um, you know, when I did, I was happy with it. Um, there were, there were a couple instances like that where just something's missing, but like, I don't know what it is. So, um, I've just got to walk away from this for like a week or two, like let my lateral mind sort of deal with it, you know, for a while and come back and, you know, find like a better a better way to resolve this. There were yeah. there were two instances. One one was like actually the main climax was totally and hmm. um, this feels weak and like it feels forced and like I just don't like it. So I just had to go, just walk away and just there were a couple couple times. Were there any of the the characters themselves that were more or less difficult to write, or was the difficulty mostly in figuring out like how the characters were going to do the character things that you knew that they would want to do? Yeah, actually, the the latter of those two was the harder thingy. Um, was like I knew, like I knew where I wanted to have them end up, but like uh -huh. getting them there in the in the right way was tough. So you want to, you don't want to hit people over the head, you know, with that. Like you want to leave breadcrumbs and that sort of thing, and you yeah, want to let yeah, them yeah. sort of like, um, yeah, you want to sort of sort of let them put the pieces together themselves, and like almost whatever conclusion you want them to come to, you almost want them to come to that themselves. Yeah. You know, and then you reinforce it, you know, so it's like doing that the right way, like being clever about it is 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 hard. Um, mm -hmm. And even when you're done with it, you're not, you're not always sure you did that right, because like you're writing the thing and you know the characters so well that it's almost hard to like step back and step outside of that and look at it with fresh eyes, you know, of somebody who didn't create this stuff. Like, so it's, it's really, really hard to do. Like, it's easy to get lost in the weeds. Um, so doing that the right way with like the right subtlety um and like the right dexterity was definitely the like just just know, knowing when to reveal stuff and you know yeah exactly when to reveal stuff like books that i've enjoyed the most are the ones where it's like up until the climax i'm figuring it out and then it's like oh my gosh this is the thing he's the guy like this is how it happened yeah yeah, yeah. and then the next page yep. you're like you say you're reinforcing it and i'm that's got to be so difficult right because you're not just writing a book for like 
for one person and their ability to put these together. You're trying to get something exactly. out there that will capture the majority of your readers doing the same thing. And, and you don't know yep. what they think. So yeah, how can you do that? Yeah, that's that's got to be a huge challenge. You just don't know. You know, it's tough. Like it's tough, like getting them to ask themselves the right questions as they're reading it. You know, like, why did like, why did this character turn out this way? Like what happened? And like, you sort of want them to be asking themselves that question right before you answer it, like in the mm-hmm. book, you know yeah. what I mean? And then they're like, oh, well, that, but you know, that's, that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, it, the timing of all that is like tough and like, you hope you get it right, but you just, you just don't know till you get it out there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Um, well, I, th- I feel like that is, you know, the, ma- the majority of the questions, uh, that I wanted to ask, and I think we've we've covered a good amount of ground there. So uh, let's just close and uh, let us know, uh, let listeners, watchers know how they can support you. Uh, is there like a preferred way of, uh, of buying the book that's going to help you out or help bookstores out or anything like that? No, I mean, not not really. You know, like any, any way you want to read the book is like totally fine with me. Um, you know, it's available on ebook and, and paperback and we're going to have uh, um audiobook uh, finished uh, nice. hopefully within the next 30 days. A lot of people have been asking about that. And, and to be honest, I just didn't know if it was going to be successful enough to like to do that. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know, I think it is. So uh, that should be finished within the month. Mm. Um, it's on Kindle unlimited. So if any of you guys are subscribed to Kindle unlimited, mm. You can download the book for free and read it. Um, cool. So it doesn't matter to me. Just, you know, any way any of you guys uh, want to get a hold of them. You know, just the more readers, you know. So. What was the, uh, one more thing, because that's interesting to me. Uh, what was the audiobook process like? Like, was that something that uh, the publisher put together or did you have to uh, put that together as well? Um, well, I sort of chose to put it together because I have a very, very good friend uh, of mine who's an audio engineer. Nice. Um, who has done dozens of audiobooks. Um, so like I, I wanted to sort of keep it in the family. So I, I, okay. you know, I served him. So um, the process was interesting. It, not as easy as you think, by the way, like to sit there for eight hours a day, um, you know, and, and read your own book. Um, but I, I okay. think it turned out. Uh, so really so well. you revealed you revealed that you are the reader then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. So uh, I I hope I did a good job. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, no, I think it turned out great. Cool. Yeah, I, I like it when the authors uh, read their own books. Like there's a uh, Joe Abercrombie is one of my favorite authors, and uh, he has a short story where he reads it himself, and it's it's really fun to see like the author's passion just right there um, in the text of the book. Professionals do a great job as well, but uh, the, the author themselves they do. can be fun. Yeah, it's also interesting to like hear how they think the rhythm of it should be you know what i mean because mm, yeah. like not not everybody reads a book the same so like it's just sort of interesting to hear like oh like that's like that's sort of how they intended it to sound you know mm-hmm. like so it's I, you're right i think i think it's interesting cool okay well thank you uh so much john do you go do you usually go by jonathan edward durham is that that's kind uh, of your I, professional uh moniker uh, yeah, so that was sort of, I was like, well, I got to pick like a pen name now, you know what I mean? So I was like, uh-huh. um, so I figured I'd do the full name, but you know, usually Jonathan or John, um, you know, people call me either one of those two. So either one's fine. I cool. grew up being called. All right. Well, definitely check out Winterset Hollow. I read it and enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'll have to like actually do a, a write-up with my thoughts and review sure. or something. And, and we'll probably put that in conjunction with release of uh, this episode but uh, yeah thanks so much for your time and uh, you know I'm looking forward to your next book uh, whenever that is ready and definitely uh, let me know I'd love to read and review it.
yeah, man, I, I will for sure. Thank you uh, so much for having me on. This was a, a total blast, um, and it's been great so far. Cool. All right. See everyone later. <laughs>